Hello and welcome to the India Dunn & Company podcast. I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with you as it is a conversation with someone that I have grown to love, respect, admire, and look up to. Nicole Chikoki is truth, beauty, and goodness. She's located on the East Coast, and so there's some wonderful city sounds in the background that I thoroughly enjoyed. And uh, this conversation really dives deep into a lot of different aspects of what makes us who we are behind the chair. Uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Thanks for being here. Hello and welcome to the India Dunn and Company podcast. Today's guest is Nicole Chikoki from New York City of Truth Boot. Damn it. (laughs) Tooth Booty. Hey, I'll take it. I love it. (laughs) All right. I'm just going to say your name. (laughs) Fuck that up again. Hello and welcome to the India Dunn and Company podcast. Today's guest is Nicole Chikoki from New York City. Good morning or actually good afternoon. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. Um, tell, tell my listeners, where are you and what are you up to where you're at? Um, well, I am in New York City. You will probably hear the background noise of where I live of any moment now. Um, <laughs> it's actually nice enough to have my window cracked, which is really Whoa. lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm in New York City. I'm literally in the heart of the heart. Um, and yeah. What, so where, should, I, where do we start? Yeah, start with, <laughs> I just, I love always to get a background of, you know, how long have you been in the industry? Where did you start? Where are you working now? All of that good stuff so that people can um, relate, you know? Totally. So I guess, I think I'll start with where I am now and, um, you know, I, before we got on, you know, the podcast today, I was thinking how in our immediate, like instant gratification, social media driven <laughs> world, yeah, you kind of just see the cash and prizes, but you don't always know how people got there. And so totally oftentimes my brain and other I think other people can relate to this like your brain goes wow it's so easy for them or they just ended up they just came out of nowhere and it's Mm -hmm. like we've all got these stories you know yes so I'll just start by saying that today I am what I'm calling an embeautiment hairstylist consultant Mm. and coach and I I'm a hairdresser um, that basically integrates wellness into my services and into my education and into my coaching. Um, And I'm super driven to help the beauty and wellness world be more integrated and uh, more of one thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's, that's where I am right now. I can definitely share a little bit more about that in detail. Um, but yeah, I would love, and I also like, you know, just as an example, um, 
you know, do you do that through a practice? Um, do you do that through products? Um, you know, is it a combination? Yeah. So I guess my, well, my, I definitely, it's definitely through a practice. Um, let me, maybe I'll start from the beginning and then, and then we'll get, we'll get to that point. How does, is that okay? Of course. Is that cool if we do that? Yeah. I want to hear the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it all started when, it all started when, um, on a rainy day and no. So let's see. All right. You know, I started to think about what, what is my story? Like, what are these important things I can talk about mm. and share? Um, well, the first thing I'll just share that also I don't think is uncommon in our industry is that I came from a family of hairdressers. Um, wow. Yeah. My grandma, my grandma did hair in her basement. And then my cousin on that side, he was a hairdresser and I, I kind of grew up around hair and always just felt like, I don't know, my, the smell of a perm still reminds me of my grandma, you know, totally like grandma's basement. And, um, and then just growing up, going to the salon, like it just always felt like the most exciting place on the earth to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, and always loved it. I always loved that there was something that happened where you just felt different, you know, you just felt like you were changed mm-hmm. somehow mm-hmm. by getting a haircut or hair color. Um, and uh, also, you know, the people that weren't hairdressers in my family were craftsmen. And many people like my father and my grandfather, um, they all like my dad worked on cars and he was a mechanical mm-hmm. engineer. My grandfather was a mechanical engineer. So like, wow. I just feel like I've had a natural proclivity to use my hands to create yeah. things. Me too. Yeah. And I've always been interested in the arts and, um, probably more so the performing arts when I was younger. Um, and I grew up, I grew up dancing. Actually, my mom was, a a professional dancer. And, um, I guess I mentioned that because hairdressing wasn't like, it was my plan B. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) I never actually wanted to be a a hairdresser. Um, I actually, at the end of high school, um, I did do a year of college, but then ended up realizing that I wanted to pursue a career in dance and, um, ended up getting a scholarship with a company and I was living in Chicago at the time and got a scholarship with a company there and, um, just really felt like that's what I wanted to be doing. And it didn't make sense to me to go to college doing that mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. you know, even I feel like I was so jaded even at that age, like, I'm like, why would I pay money to like, go do something that I could get paid for right now? Yeah. <laughs> you I know? feel it. Totally. Um, so anyway, so I, I pursued dance and I had a very short lived career. Cause I, I soon very much realized how hard of a life it is to be a professional yeah. dancer. And, um, yeah, so that, and then within that time period though, Um, I actually did go to hair school because (laughs) I had parental pressure to like go to college, do something, (laughs) you know, because, uh, dance wasn't considered a something. And 
which I think is funny that my it parents is. Like, I was just gonna say that's really funny that they you know because usually it's like oh you're gonna go to beauty school you know right no beauty school was like that's a not a real job eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow but the funny thing and the ironic thing that kills me is that I'm like wait okay so you guys put me in dance class my whole, whole life. life like what did you expect no you joke. know what did you expect like when the time you know the time came so anyway so I did that I ended up just let me just go to beauty school to like I was like let me just do this so that they get off my back kind of thing you know yeah um and I actually ended up really loving it and I I didn't I didn't actually do hair right after beauty school I just I was like, I'm still going to dance. Like, this is just something that I know how to do now. I have a trade. Mm-hmm. I can get mm-hmm. a job if I want. Wow. And um, and then... Were you still in Chicago? I was... Yes, I was still in Chicago. Okay. And um, I had actually gotten a job in a salon doing some assisting at the same time I was still pursuing dance, but you know, it was hard because of auditioning and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. You need flexibility. And, um, but waitressing was like so hard on my body. And so it was just a very, I was like, this is not easy, you know, with the waitressing Mm -hmm. and dancing life. Um, so my last gig, my last like gig that I did, this is kind of a funny, a funny, like fun fact. Um, my last gig that I had was dancing with pink, (laughs) Oh my God. No way. (laughs) Yes. So I danced. Um, we were supposed, this was like right before her first, um, her first album was coming out and she was just like, she was like one of the like kind of artists to watch on the whole, the face, like, um, that's so crazy. Whatever empire. Oh my God. She's amazing. And, Mm. uh, we rehearsed like right before TLC. So I got to meet all of TLC. It was oh like, it was like one of those moments in life. I was like, wow, did that really happen? But it, no it did actually happen. Wow. The sad part is we never actually got, we never actually got on stage with her, which is like, oh man, it was such a heartbreaking thing that actually it was like the last gig that I did. It's like, I just couldn't like physically and emotionally, I was like this, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And so, yeah, I was just so heartbroken. And I, um, I was like, let me just like not do this for a minute, you know? And so that's mm-hmm. when I kind of started to, um, jump into doing hair and it was, it was like, this is, this is easy. Like, this is easy for me. Wow. Um, and I was making money and it was easy. And then, you know, a year, a year and a half in, I was like, all right, I think I might actually want to do this. And I don't really know what I'm doing. So I should probably (laughs) go get like real, a real training, you know? Wow. Um, I, that's, that's actually what my dance career taught me is like the importance of training and, just learning your craft, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was like, well, let me move to New York City because that sounds like a good idea. 
Oh God. You know. Talk about hard living. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm like, let me just make my life really hard for myself. Oh my gosh. So I moved to New York City. Um, I had a list of places that I wanted to, you know, apprentice at and ended up taking a job with Vidal Sassoon. Wow. And so I moved to New York, like moved to Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is now like, I can't even like afford to get off the train there. It's like so expensive. (laughs) Um, so moved there, got all my stuff there. And then I started my first day at Vidal Sassoon was September 11th, 2001. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, wow. Yeah. Um, so (sighs) yeah. So showed up. I actually got on the train that day. I was on the, I took a bus to the train and on the bus, I heard these women saying, oh, yeah, there's a fire. There's a fire something. And I was like, I didn't think anything of it. Got on the train, actually was able to get into the city, um, got into the city. While I was on the train, the first plane had hit the World Trade Center, one of the buildings, the first tower. I only It was only like a block to get to Vidal Sassoon. But as soon as I walked in, like people were, there was a, like someone that worked there that was like screaming on the phone and like. I was like, oh, this is serious. Like, something's happening. Like, I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um, And then they were like, oh, my gosh, let's try to turn on the TV. So they had a TV. They turned on the TV. And the minute they turned on the TV, the second plane hit. Oh, my God. And so just perspective-wise, I was probably, like, a mile and a half north of where this was happening. And you could see it. It was right on Fifth Avenue. You could see you could it was a clear shot like you could see. So. Yeah, you know, when I was thinking of my story this morning, I'm like, I'm going to share this because I've never really (laughs) shared this in detail, Um, but it is. There was just something like I literally had a moment. I went to the bathroom and I was like, okay. I need to just, I need a moment. So I went into the bathroom and I like looked in the mirror and I heard this really loud voice in my head that said, get off the island. Whoa. Um, Because Manhattan is an island. Yeah. And I was living in Brooklyn, which is not on the island. And so, so that's what I did. I I had gym clothes in my bag. So I was going to go to the gym after. And I just like put on my gym sneakers and I was like, it's been real. Anybody want to walk over the Williamsburg bridge with me, you know? So anyway, so I made, made my way back home and ended up sleeping for like three days. I didn't realize at the time that I was in shock, but yeah. um, Yeah. So then whatever happened, I woke up after that three days and I was like, I don't think Vidal Sassoon's the right place for me. Because there was actually yeah. something that happened. Like, I had an experience with this guy that hired me. Um, you know, I think I had this impression that in order to have a good training, like, you were just going to be treated like a peon. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of was like that back then. Yeah. Like, it's, I think things have changed a lot now. Um, totally. But, you know, he literally, like, the before I start before that day, he's like, so let's just be clear. Like, he cornered me. He's like, let's just be clear you're actually really here to impress me (laughs) versus, you know, you know, show me, you know, you impress me or whatever. And I was like, I was like, okay, all right, sure. Cool. Whatever. 
Um, and so, you know, after I woke up after that three days and I'm like, you know, maybe that's not going to be the best place for me to work and ended up getting on the phone and long story short, ended up, um, working, starting at Bumble and Bumble, like, like a few weeks later. Totally meant to be. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> Dang girl, that brought me to, I had chill bumps all over my body and uh, tears in my eyes. Holy yeah. shit. That's, that is some, uh, that's an incredible story. Um, yeah. I'm so glad that you're, that you survived and that you're safe and that you recovered. And, um, and I also hope that you didn't lose anyone in a close proximity to you, but, um, I, I can only imagine, you know, what it was like for us on the West coast, um, morning and, you know, communing with people and, and the feelings, you know, that still exist when we think about it. So totally. for you, I, I can't even imagine being in such close, close proximity, um, what that was like for you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, you know, just holy shit. Yeah. I don't think I did. Whew. I mean, I don't think I did really till a good 10 years later, to be really yeah. honest. I yeah. just knew that every time people wanted to talk about it, I would get upset. I would get angry. I'd be like, why do you want to talk to me about this? Like, I don't want to mm. tell you my story mm. again. But, you know, I had that was it was trauma. You know, yeah. I had a tra- yeah. it was a traumatic. I mean, it was a traumatic event for everyone. But yeah, to literally be there and um. But I will say that it 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 was an it was a wonderful time to be in New York City. Like, it was probably one of the most friendliest times that I've ever right. experienced here in New York. And um, it also helped. Like, things got real clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> things I got bet. real clear. Like, yeah. yeah, nope, that's not a good place to work. Go find another place. And I just felt it was very all of it was very meant to be. And, um, you know, I spent 15 years working at Bumble and Bumble. So yeah. Wow. That was, you know, that's where I was supposed to be. Supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So knowing, you know, you have that intuitive nature and you, you know, you felt that connection to that higher voice calling you, you know, in the bathroom saying, get off the Island. Um, you know, did you continue to have this intertwining of this intuition that would help get you to the next indicated step or, you know, what was that like for you going into a a new environment that was so, you know, obviously intimidating and rich with all kinds of opportunity, but, um, not having experience and jumping into this, you know, onto this big ship of, of Bumble and Bumble. What was that like? Um, it was exhilarating and it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, but I was so like, I was just ready for anything. I was so hungry to learn. Mm. And, um, I think I just had this, I had this thing in my mind, like I was going to be a peon for a few years. So just to like, kind of let everything roll off my shoulders. Mm. Um, and I did it fairly good job of that and then had like a lot of breakdowns in the <laughs> in wow. the process too yeah. because at again at that time as an assistant you're just the lowest yep. on the totem pole and like yep. you know there was a lot of bad behavior that got you know was like it was just what it was but man I learned so much 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, at that time too, like it was such an exciting time to be at that company. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, when I think of the hair world, Bumble was kind of, Bumble was actually more of a fashion brand. They really didn't get involved in the hair shows. They weren't, you know, that wasn't really their jam. Their jam was more like they got their notoriety from doing editors and famous models. And they weren't really on, they didn't have much to do with like doing celebrities. Like it was really all about fashion and models and photography and, um, my head just exploded every day with mm. what I was learning and the people I was around. And I, you know, I was getting, th- I was getting to assist on these photo shoots with, I, I really, I didn't know anything about fashion, mm. honestly. Like I'm a, I'm from the Midwest. Like <laughs> What I knew about fashion was like, you know, at the mall. Right. And, um, you know, so I started to learn, I really started to get an education on fashion and aesthetic. And um, I just, I had, I, I, there was just so much I didn't know. And so much that like every single day, I just felt like I was being so fed. And I mean, creatively, it was just one of the most amazing, like segments of my life was mm-hmm. that time period. Um, <laughs> Sorry, my dog is, uh, <laughs> he thinks he hears somebody. I know, right? He probably hears my voice through your ear- earbuds. <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely always had that inner voice, but I will, you know, I also have a, I'm very willful too. So mm-hmm. I also have my own voice that I want to be like, no, but it should be this way or no, but yep. you know, and one of those things that I, that inner voice very clearly said for years, um, well, actually rewind, um, a mentor slash boss of mine, um, he had left our company and started his own business and, um, I'll never forget a conversation that we had. He said, you know, hairdressers are healers. Mm, Wow. And it blew my mind. I was like, I don't know what that means, but that is, it resonated so deeply Mm -hmm. for me. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't get that phrase out of my head. Yeah. Um, I think because deep down I knew, I knew the work that I was doing in beauty was work. It was healing work. Yeah. I just didn't know what to do with it. So I kept hearing it over the years. I kept hearing that phrase, hairdressers are healers, hairdressers are healers. And, um, I just pushed it down for many years. I thought, you know, not me, not me. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope. 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 Because I, I thought what it meant is like you're supposed to open a salon. Because mm, what other pathway okay. do we, you know, what other pathway right. do we have modeled for us? Totally. In this industry, it's like okay, so true. Be a stylist that's so crazy booked, you know, that you're like, I don't know, can't even come up for air. Totally. Yeah. Or be a salon owner. Yep. I mean, you can be an educator, but 
at that time, it wasn't really like that's a sustainable thing to do. Totally. You had to do both. You had you to had be behind to... the chair and education. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I guess fast forward. Um, let's see. Well, okay. Burnout. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm edging, getting close to like set my seventh year, eighth year. I had started to like really rise in my position and my role. I was one of the lead educators. I had this like crossover role where I was writing and developing curriculum and training educators and traveling. I was on the Paris fashion week team as well as New York. Um, Yeah. Like I was, I was doing all the things, Mm -hmm. right? Like all the things I didn't even know. I didn't even know any of this was possible. Like I just wanted to like be great at haircutting or whatever. And, um, and so here I am like at the top going, okay. (laughs) Huh? I know. You know, like crazy. Um, I'm tired and I don't feel that satisfied like what WTF right (laughs) what is this like what I don't I'm not satisfied yeah and so it just was such a question mark of like why yeah I have all the things I have the cash and prizes right um and so you know kind of simultaneously I had been doing a lot of personal work because um you know I realized like I don't know how to I don't know how to have relationships like Mm. I don't really know how to have relationships and I was in so much pain around that that I started getting help you know and started working through all the stuff you know all the stuff we all carry and um, started to really excavate that stuff and, and, you know, start to have a spiritual practice and just really started to get to know who Nicole is. Um, and, you know, I think the, the spiritual practice is as simple as, you know, just, knowing that I'm not in charge, like there's something else in charge and it's not me. Yeah. Um, and that like that voice I heard, you know, on nine 11 and yeah. the voice that kept telling me hairdressers are healers. Like to me, that is that thing that's greater than me. So maybe it is my highest self. Maybe it's a higher power. Maybe it's nature. I don't know. I've took my dog to central park this morning and I feel like mm. it's it, that, that thing is there too. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. in that quiet and, um, you know, so f- more and more I'm in this industry where we're just, it's all about aesthetics and visuals and, you know, people aren't always so nice. And I just felt like, what am I doing? <laughs> Yeah. What am I doing? And this feels like it's a further, like the more I got to know me and the more I got quiet and the more I found peace and found healthy relationships, the further away I felt from this industry. 
That is so powerful. Wow. Yeah. And the identity that we build around it as ourselves, you know, like you were saying, you're getting yes. to know who Nicole is. Yeah. And, you know, then as you find more and more of that and you keep going back to this thing that you've created as you. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait a minute. This doesn't match anymore. How do I, how do I, you know, bring the two of them together when they're in such a juxtaposition of themselves? Yeah. Do you, are you mm. into Marianne Williamson? Oh my God. <laughs> Yes, I I saw her speak at a very young age, and I grew up listening to her cassette tapes. Amazing! <laughs> I have her like voice in my head, love know, talking to me all the time. Yes, I I love her. You know she's running for president, right? I do, and I was just a little bit like, ooh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I love her, but I don't I see know. her as a as that kind of leader. Yeah, her political. I mean, her her. Uh... You know, hearing her talk about politics is really, really interesting. Oh, dude, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I will continue to support her in whatever way I can. But yes. That, Anyways, that, I, I bring yeah. her up because of um, one of her books called The Law of Divine Compensation. Have you, Ooh, have you read this one? No, I haven't read that one. It's great. I, okay. I'm like a total book junkie. Um, yes. I, I, and I'll self-confessed I start all of them and never finish any of them so oh my gosh I'm so glad to meet you (laughs) ditto um but this one I actually did finish because it's like it's small and it's I don't know maybe 100 pages you know it's like tiny okay but okay so there is a prayer in there um you know whatever I know prayer could be off-putting for some people, but it's just, you know, like a statement, like a affirmation affirmation in there. And basically what it says is like, you know, whatever greater thing, higher power, God, whatever you want to call it, help me use my talents and abilities, you know, help me merge those with the work that I do in the world. Like, why did you give me this stuff? Why am I right. good at this stuff? Why is this appealing to me if I'm not supposed to use it? Yeah. And I thought that's it, right? Like that's, um, I'm just going to close my window here. Okay. Um, I thought that's exactly, if I could have the answer to that, then maybe I could be in a life where I'm doing work that's purposeful and I feel like, you know, there's meaning to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so literally probably two years of, of using that prayer um, on a daily basis, mm. I, I decided, let me... At the same time, like I was feeling burnt out too, because my schedule was crazy and I just couldn't, I was getting burnt out. Right. You know? right. I just was. Couldn't physically... fulfill the work that you were responsible for. Because totally. Didn't, yeah. I didn't feel it. I couldn't show up and like my relationships were improving, but I couldn't even show up for those. And, mm. you know, there was burnout on every level, on physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. I mean, it was just. Yep fried. And I thought either I'm going to leave this industry or I'm going to like, I felt like my last option to explore was I wanted to learn about energy. Mm. 
because I knew that I knew there was something happening when I would do hair and I didn't know what it was, but I felt it. I would intuit information. I would like, I knew what people were feeling, even if they didn't say it. Like I knew right. there was some kind of other dimensional form of communication that <laughs> I was like, let me try my nerdy, like learner self was like, let me try to get like, um, let me try to take a class on this. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I, I actually did some research on different energy therapies and landed on the healing touch program. Um, and so I took my first class back in 2011, I think, mm, or okay. no, maybe, no, maybe 2013. Anyway, somewhere, somewhere in there, like 2012, okay. 2013. And from the first like hour I was in the class, I remember thinking, this is it. Like, this is, oh, wow. this is it. Number one, this is explains everything I've been experiencing. And number two, the next thought was how do I teach every hairdresser? Mm. I know these skills. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did. I came back and I, I ended up pitching to Bumble and Bumble um, we were we were starting wow. a class, a business class for hairstylists, and you know you could you should have seen this meeting with <laughs> the VP of say. Education. Yeah, what was their reaction? I was like, so Carla, okay, so so hear me out, right? Like, there's this thing, energy, that we experience as hairdressers, and I want to write a class about it. <laughs> and God love her, like she. She heard, not only heard me, but she also said, okay, try wow. it, try it, try it, come back to me and let's see what you have, you know? So Whoa. she like walked me through the, pro let me, she just let me go. She was like, she really trusted me and, and, you know. God, that's amazing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And so we developed, I ended up developing this class with um, the education team called energetic accountability and Ooh, what a great name <laughs> I love that yeah because I, I wasn't teaching people how to do energy work but I was teaching people how to recognize that number one they're an energy being and number two that the only energy we really c can change is our own right and even as an energy worker like I never work on someone I work with them Right. Um, because we're all responsible for our own healing and our own shifting. And so, so yeah, so taught, like ended up writing that, teaching that, and it, it went off like crazy town. Um, wow. And I guess not to get too much in the details, but I will say that it was the catalyst for me that started my it really started my process of doing the work that I do now um, right. because I knew for me, it felt super authentic. And then watching other hairdressers for the first time have a language for what they were experiencing. Oh my gosh. And like tools to navigate it was like, 
I mean, it was like nothing I've ever experienced. It was like a rock concert, that class. <laughs> so cool. So much so that like people were going, you know, people would come from all over the country to come to the university, to Bumble and Mumble University. And mm-hmm. our sales team started asking, like started emailing education, being like, what is this class you guys taught? Because like everyone came back and they're like talking about it and they're you know, so then I ended up teaching it to the sales team. I ended up teaching it to executives at Estee Lauder. Like it was, it was crazy town. God, that's so cool. Um, and so then, you know, it just took a few more years to get my ducks in a row and kind of go, okay, universe, I think you want me to do this. Like what, how, how do you want me to do it? And, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, there was an opening and I've, I leapt, you know, I leapt, that was about two and a half years ago. So, um, I knew I wanted to, uh, incorporate energy work into my hair services. Um, because I mean, for many reasons, but mostly because, what kept me, I mean, what still lights me on fire to this day and with every single client is the transformation that it may be an aesthetic physical transformation, but for me, it's more about that internal transformation that happens. Yeah. Um, and energy work just kind of puts gasoline on that and, and creates transformation emotionally mentally and spiritually and then the haircutting creates the physical transformation um yeah I feel like I'm I'll pause there I feel like I'm (laughs) no I mean that's that's the thing you know and I think that it's it's so much more acceptable now you know we're having really in-depth conversations about all the different parts of our work and excuse me when I think about having the words for it, you know, being able to articulate what's actually happening, um, you know, the more widespread this becomes and the more people, you know, learn about your work, my work, um, you know, Andy Scarborough, Kelly Mason, all the people that are, you know, um, I can't think of her name right now, Canyon and Moon, you know, beautiful hairdressers that are taking the time to really help people see all the different parts of what, what kind of transformation we're really bringing. Yeah. And, you know, this program that you've put together has such an incredible foundation. Um, you know, to me, if, if you could, you know, speak um, about how you've developed what you are bringing to people um, in 2019, which is just right around the corner, um, I would love, you know, to hear for you, from you, not from me translating, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. you know, what it is, um, that you want for people through this, this process that you're bringing. Yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's just from, it's the greatest hits from my playbook and from the (laughs) playbooks of others. Um, so it's called the embodiment method and the name embodiment also I I just I feel like a shepherd of this work 
Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm just, um, oh, it makes me teary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really feel like I'm being asked to give birth to this, you know, and like yeah. carry this into the world. Um, which is so, it's, it's good for me to hear myself because, you know, got this thing called an ego. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> this know. This human condition, damn it. Oh, it gets in the way all the fucking it gets time. gets in the way, thinks I'm responsible for it, you know, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been responsible for it, you know, since the first minute it, you know, whatever came into my consciousness. Yeah. I just get to take the steps to help bring it into the physical plane and share it with people. Um, So yeah. Embeautiment's this idea of, I I kept thinking like, okay, embody, like we're embodying Mm -hmm. beauty Mm -hmm. and we're being empowered by this embodiment. And then I was literally in a spin, like a soul cycle class, you know, when you're about to like pass out in a soul cycle class, you're like, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I can't say that I've ever experienced that because I hate that kind of torture, but good for you. Oh, I respect, I 100% respect that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, literally on a soul cycle bike and I'm like, what is it called? And then of course that voice. I don't know what it is. The voice comes in and says it's, it's embeautiment. Mm. And I was like, Ooh, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's the embeautiment method and embeautiment is also, it's, it can also be a descriptive word as well, or a, it's a thing, right? So embeautiment, the idea of embeautiment is um, causing wellness through, awakening mind, body, and spirit beauty. And the method is essentially a way to integrate wellness into our beauty services. So there's amazing. <laughs> there's mm. um, three pillars to it, the mind, mind beauty, body beauty, and spirit beauty. And all of, um, and within each of those three pillars, there's a set of practices Um, The practices are really the, it's the meat and potatoes of the method. Like it's how you make embeautiment happen essentially, Mm -hmm. or I should say invite it to happen. Right, right. Beautiful. And the practices are just a collection of, you know, my best practices. And I'm a student of positive psychology. So a lot of them are pulled from positive psychology tools and knowledge and research Um, some of them are pulled from my healing touch energy therapy background, and some of them are just pulled from my life experience and Mm -hmm. my experience as a hairdresser and a beauty professional. So, yeah. Well, and to me, it's, it is an embodiment of all the things that I think are necessary for us to really, like you said, embody what we are as beauty professionals, you know, um, the the hardest part I think is getting in any situation, really getting past conditioning that we have undergone through any of our, you know, teaching and whether that's from childhood, you know, through high school or beauty school or our apprentice, you know, slash assistant program. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's changing, 
And I think that really, you know, this is, this is what has to change. I think that's why there's so many of us bringing this to the table right now. Yeah. You know, um, that there has to be that shift and it's, it's collective. It's not just the beauty industry, but it right. really is necessary if we're going to expand into, into our full potential right. as influencers, as in, in service work, um, that our self-awareness and um, our kind of ability to shape shift into what our real role is in our communities. Yeah. Well, in a, in a, um, a, what do I want to say? Like a enlightened role, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Um, and I agree. I'm so grateful that there's, you know, we were talking about this offline, that there's, there is this wave of people that are jumping into this category, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's, it's going to take a lot of us to do it. And yeah. I mean, that was my whole thing is that I deep down, like my real mission and drive is to create healing through beauty. And, um, I'm just one person that's working behind the chair that has, you know, however many clients I have, and I'm just right. one person. What if, what if, you know, other hairdressers who have access to all their clients were also trained on this idea. Um, then this could maybe really spread. Yeah. You know, and that I think I've always been the kind of person that doesn't have to have all the information before I take an action. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I, have, I have like the ready, shoot, aim mentality a lot of times. <laughs> um, and so you know, I don't, I know not everyone is like that and not everyone, um, necessarily would take, take a leap. Um, mm-hmm. and quite honestly, if there was somebody out there that was doing this work, like when I was looking and soul searching, I mm-hmm. probably would have jumped on the band, someone else's bandwagon for sure. Right. But I, I really did. I I felt like you had to completely exit the industry in order to do healing work. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I just thought that's silly because one of my favorite things to do in, in workshops is to ask beauty professionals, what is beauty? Mm. What is it? And you know, no one ever talks about aesthetics. No one ever talks about it's when the haircut's balanced or it's when your eyeliners makes your eyes look more whatever, you know, no one ever says that ever. Amazing. People always say like, it's when you're empowered or when you feel a certain way or you do a certain thing or you affect other people in a positive way. And so I think what we're focused on in the beauty industry is pretty backwards. That's so fascinating. I mean, it's necessary, you know, we're, we're fulfilling a necessary um, social need, you know? Yes. And, and that's, it's, you know, if we go back to historically, you know, speaking, it's like, yeah, this is a necessary um, thing that humans have to you know, to do mm-hmm. every, everybody, no, you know, there's no one on the planet that doesn't get their hair cut, mm-hmm. but 
you know, what it has turned into and the manipulation is very congruent with what's happening in every other part of our excelling into socialization, civilization, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, modern, modern commerce created the path of everything. Yeah. You know, and now we're having to go back and restructure everything. Yeah. And, you know, we're seeing how detrimental it is to only look at one part of the work. Yeah. In in all situations. Yeah. Big you know? time. Like even in, in, in medical world, you know, we're, we're, they're learning. <laughs> you know, there's, there's only so much information you can obtain by looking at something from the outside and only through a book. Right. Right. Exactly. And beauty schools, you know, I, I think they're getting it. The, you know, obviously um, the higher price beauty schools are going to be offering more of what someone actually needs to be successful for yeah. a long term in our industry. Yeah. But, um, you know, have you, have you thought about offering this in beauty schools? Um, do you think that it's not, I don't want to say like above what their ability to retain is, or, you know, have you seen into that as far as your work is concerned? Yeah, I think it's an untapped resource at, at, like, it's definitely been a, um, I don't want to say blind spot, but I haven't fully put my focus there yet. And it's kind of more yet. Um, I do have one contact that I've been in conversations with. It's, she owns a really wonderful high-end beauty school and um, we are trying to work out some ways that we can fit embeautiment into their curriculum. Mm. Um, so absolutely. I think that it, the embeautiment method isn't, it's not out of reach and it's not, you don't, you could learn it the first day of beauty school. I mean, wow. really, truly. Cool. Um I, I really want it to be accessible. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not just for beauty professionals. That's the other thing. It's for anyone that engages with beauty. And guess what? We're humans. We all do. Right. We all seek out right. beautiful experiences, beautiful feelings. Um, beauty is, it's, it's a part of our lives as, as human beings. Totally. It's what philo- the great philosophers talked about um, a billion, jillion years ago. And yeah. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I would love to, I would love to have this curriculum in every beauty school. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Because I think what the young chickens are going to, you know, the the industry that they're going to come out to soon is going to be much more embracing of more of a like holistic approach to beauty yes yes and um that is a great thing it is and i think you know obviously the consumer is going to motivate the market and you know if we can look at what people want from their yoga studio Mm -hmm. what they want from their you know soul cycle their pilates you know we're we're asking for more in what we're getting yes because we know we can have more yes you know, we're seeing it in, in all these different arenas. Um, so, yeah, the consumer is going to push the market and we're definitely going to see the transformation when, who knows. But I, I hope that it will also start at the bottom rung in the beauty schools where, you know, the, the people might not have the financial ability to have access to this stuff. Yeah. Well, or, or occur to them in, in the first place, you know. Totally. 
I totally agree. And I think, I mean, I think that we're able to like you and me and the people that are focused on the service aspect of it, of beauty. Um, I feel like we're getting to ride the coattails and the tailwind of the clean green mm-hmm. beauty products, right. You know, that that's been happening and consumers have spoken like the clean and green products are disrupting the market in a major, major way. Totally. Um, you know, the secrets out beauty products are toxic. They make us sick. They cause yes. disease. Like there is no, you know, that, that is out, that is out. And so while that's amazing and it's a very concrete thing, you know, I think I know you and me and other people that are in this space now, we're starting to say, okay, great. So we're, we're, we're addressing the physical product toxicity, but what about how our internal, what's our internal landscape? You know, what's our, what is our interpersonal connection? Like, is it toxic? Is it making us sick? And the answer is yes, it is. Yes. Um, So the work you're doing, you know, the work I'm doing and those of us in this space, we're, we're all working to help elevate that and create more healing and really quite frankly, just introduce that there can be another way. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be toxic. Like it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be like that really doesn't. Well, and I think, you know, going back to like the, the hard wiring of what, you know, someone starts into, you know, wherever they're coming into the industry, you know, if you're in beauty school and you're hitting the ground at the ISSE, you know, God love the PBA, but I do want them. I, I don't know if you, if you noticed, um, but in their catalog for the upcoming ISSE, they have a wellness room. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to like, hello, whoever you are out there. I'm trying to get into that room. Let's, um, let's both get into that room. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> just going to be there. I'm going to rush the doors. Let me in. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, we're, we're starting to get it. You yes. know, I, I hope that there's, there's more and more room for the beautiful, you know, uh, products that are coming out that are, are more consciously developed. But if you're a student hitting the ground and you look at all this stuff, you know, you see the, the flash and the, and the fire and you want to be a part of that. And you don't yeah. think about, you know, what's the foundation of that company and how did they build themselves to where they are? Yeah. You know, and then we, we end up getting in just caught in the fray and, and moving forward with it. That's what happened to me. And I love the company that I worked for and I yeah. believed in the company that I worked for, but there was some hypocrisy that didn't fit with what I knew was best for me. Yes. And, yes. you know, sometimes it takes us a little while to not get caught up in it and to actually start making decisions for ourselves. Like you said, yeah. getting to know who Nicole is, Yeah, you know, outside of this incredible, you know, experience that we've been caught up in. Yes. But, and luckily, you know, the beauty school students that are, are in it right now are, you know, they're open to a whole other world of information. Yeah. And they also are going to drive the market. You yeah. Know, because the student who's paying the tuition, you know, you student out there paying tuition, you're the one who needs to ask for more because you deserve mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So true. And so guess what? So here's like, so guess what? So guess what? (laughs) So here's like the, here's the, this is the thing I've been uh, chewing on and I'd love to hear your thoughts about it is that. Mm. So the embodiment method, essentially the, in February, I'm holding a training to train the first round of embodiment practitioners. Yeah. Right. So you can literally come, you don't, you really, honestly, the only requirement is that you're a beauty service professional or provider. Mm -hmm. So hairstylist, Mm -hmm. makeup artist. And then the second requirement, you don't have to know anything about wellness. You just have to be open to it. Mm. You just have to be open, right? You could be a total connoisseur of it in totally into it and have your, you know, you could be a Reiki master or whatever, whatever (laughs) shaman, whatever it is that you do. I promise like those, that contingent will still get something out of it. And so will the person that really is like, what's an essential oil. Um, (laughs) Everyone will get, you will get something out of it. And you, the whole purpose is to train people to begin to apply this in your beauty service. Yes. Okay. So, because there's nothing that exists like that. And that's really what I don't necessarily want to teach people. Sorry, my dog is guarding the castle. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't want to teach people how they're going to do their embodiment practice. I just want to give them a platform Mm -hmm. where not even a platform, but a, a framework. Like if you just want to start, here's your framework, right? Here's all the the tools. Yeah. Yeah. Here's all the boxes to check to create an embodiment service. Um, But I really hope that people just take it as a guideline and make their own. Um, And there's no way that they can't, you know, I, I know that you speak about this all the time. It's like you said it in your, in your Instagram story yesterday, you, you just being, you are the unicorn. (laughs) You're a unicorn. Yay. You know, it's true. It's like, there's, there is this platform or I should say there's this, the foundation it's this, the embodiment is the foundation for the work. And, and I know how important it is for hairdressers to be like, Hey, I took this class and now I blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's what we like live on continuing education. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to not bring back a, a technique or a new color line, or yeah. a new tool, you know, flat iron, curly iron, whatever, but to say, like, this is something I can use in a myriad of ways. I mean, yes. like, unlimited, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's not just, I mean, the other secret about this, maybe it's not such, maybe it shouldn't be a secret, but in mm. beauty men's about our life. Right. It is. It's about our right. life. It's not just about what we do behind the chair. Cause we're, we're the same person inside and outside of work. Um, you know, we are, hmm. whether we yeah, think we are or not, we, we are the same person we are inside and outside of work. I would definitely say that's true, but right? way, way more now than ever yeah. for me, you know, yeah. like I am, I am definitely more yeah. than I ever have been. That's cool. But I, I do think that there's those things that, you know, if you find this and it opens you up to more of you, then you get to be more of you in all areas of your life. Totally. Um, I know what I, I, I was, I was like, I, I think I had a point, but I don't remember oh. it, but I'm in the moment and that's okay. Okay. <laughs> My point with all of like training 
beauty school folks and training people in this. So here's the, here's the challenge we're at today. And hopefully we'll listen to this in five years and be like, remember when that was a challenge and now look, it's not a challenge anymore (laughs) is that, and I know you've run into this challenge too. Like, so great. So you've become an embodiment practitioner. Awesome. But where do you go practice? Where do you go do this work? Because most right. salons are like these right. super high energy, um, very stimulating places. Yeah. Where do we go do this work? Very good point. So we need now we need now yeah. that there's going to be like these armies of people out there doing this healing beauty work. Now we need people to start creating these spaces for that, that, in, that enable that. And, you know, I was thinking when you were talking just that, you know, I, I can't work. (laughs) I can't work well with others anymore. I can't work in a salon anymore. You know, I, in a typical salon, you know, and it's because of, it's that high pace, just, you know, turn them and burn them, crazy music, uh, tons of people, you know, chairs packed in right next to each other. You're rubbing butts while you're doing a highlight and a blow dry. Um, it's not where I can be anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of shamed myself when, you know, came into the energy work and really started to harness what it was that I was doing, you know, that I should, you know, as, as proficient as I am in, in my understanding of energy, I should be able to, um, to bubble myself out of what's going on right next to me, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't want to, mm-hmm. I want to be able to focus my energy on, on who I'm working on in the chair. Yeah. Um, but you know, what is it that needs to transform in a salon situation? You know, is, is there still space for you to have both? Because I know that a lot of people love going to that high energy, you know, hustle and bustle, getting to be seen, getting dressed up, doing their makeup and their hair to go to the salon. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, there's gotta be a half, a, a meet me halfway point, you know, where we're not crammed up against each other. Um, where the music is conducive to our creative flow. We're not losing our hearing because it's so freaking loud, <laughs> you know, with the blow dryers and the, in the conversations and, you know, the music. And I mean, I, I have, I have stylists that I mentor that actually had hearing loss as a result mm-hmm. of their salon situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, again, like, you know, the consumer and, and the, uh, the workers are going to move the market. So we'll, we'll see what happens next. Right. Which is why, and there's, there's in lies problem number two and Mm -hmm. not to get, not to be negative, but like consumers don't even know to ask for like what you and I are doing. Very true. You know? Yeah. So like, I think that's where collectively those of us that are, even if you aren't doing this yet, like in your wanting to get into this space, like I mean, I just think the more the merrier and Mm -hmm. I think the more of us that are doing this kind of hybrid work, um, then the quicker the consumer is going to be educated and know that like, you actually don't have to go to a stylist that shames you. Mm. God, right. You don't. It's actually not okay anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It used to be like really... And I think it's actually, I, I don't even want to say used to, but I think it's still very widely accepted in our industry that mm-hmm. shaming clients is okay. Yeah. And actually the way. Right, right. Um, it's not okay anymore. It's really not. It never was okay, but it's certainly not okay anymore. Not with what we know about 
the effects of shaming and well it's being bullied you know totally you you know being a bully and being bullied is is one of the you know biggest things on on the top of the list where human connection has become completely backwards yeah so if we can bring that into focus and really call it what it is yeah that's you know that's really important thank you for bringing that up yeah but it's and it's subtle though too it's like it is like it's passive aggressive oh oh, your ends oh god your ends oof they are what have you been doing what What have you been doing are you using (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my god how are you blow drying your hair oh oh god oh boy anyways yes so so yes we um we have a lot of work to do india yeah we do (laughs) but we're doing it you know and that's the thing in it in the ripple effect you know is what i am constantly wanting to to remind people of you know what do you want to send out into the world whether that's your own energy or how you send your kid out into the world or how you send your partner out into the world, you know, how do you want to affect people? Because the ripple Mm -hmm. effect that you create is happening. Mm -hmm. What do you want it to look like Mm -hmm. and how do you want it to, to affect? Because it affects so many people. I think that's the thing, you know, taking responsibility is the, is the number one thing. And it's hard for someone who doesn't believe that they make an impact, understand that they have to take responsibility. Yeah. So it's like that acknowledgement first. And then second is, yes, you have a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Yep. See, I really do live in New York City. I was just going to say, I love you, New York. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the, the sights and sounds. Okay, so I want to make sure, like, you got to tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah. Um, well, you can probably the gram. Um, I'm at truth, beauty, and goodness, and there's underscores in between each word. Okay. Um, so truth underscore beauty underscore and underscore goodness. Um, my. I mean, you can kind of find everything there. Um, great. If you want to go straight to my website, it's uh, www.truthbeautyandgoodness.net, um, N-E-T. And yeah, and then you can find out all about my, um, the embodiment method practitioner training that's happening here in New York City, February 3rd through the 5th. Um, if you're curious or, you know, you have questions or you're kind of interested, just reach out to me. I'd love to, I'm always up to chat about it and see if it's a good fit for you. Um, and then the last thing is I have a newsletter too, that is, mm. you know, just yes. different content. I oftentimes uh, share about different positive psychology topics and embodiment method topics. Um and yeah, it's kind of part educational, part inspirational mm, and all I love that it. stuff. Yeah. And then um, your stories, uh, Instagram stories for the next, uh, what are we down to? 16 days, 17 days? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank so you. You, you started a couple of days ago, uh, 19 days. I did. 19 it's... ways. Yep. Oh, that's good. I like that. That rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> I might say that today. Please do. So there's 19 embodiment practices and for the first 19 days of December, I'm doing one 
kind of featuring one of the practices each day. Um, so it feels like, I feel like I'm like doing a marathon training right now. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So that's awesome. Probably at some point I'm going to got to go record loving, loving kindness is today. Oh, I love loving kindness. Me too. Get meta on me, baby. Get meta, meta baby. Um, I adore you and Aww. am so grateful to have connected with you and actually been able to see you face to face in LA um, mm-hmm. earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I left that conversation feeling I, I could talk to you for two more hours. <laughs> and, uh, but I just, um, again, like I, I can feel you in this work and as a shepherd of the work that is coming forth through you, I'm, I'm so grateful that we get to experience what you have brought um, and that you have, I, I, you know, I thought this stuff, I feel this stuff, but there wasn't within me uh, the tools to make it come out on paper or come out in tools or come out in a platform of, of availability to the public. So mm. uh, just thank you for creating that so that we can all get to it and, mm. and incorporate it into our lives. Mm. Oh, well, I'm just going to say thank you. I'm humbled. <laughs> I'm humbled and I too, I'm like very grateful for you. And, you know, I, I, I would say you are doing it. Your stuff is on paper and you are sharing <laughs> it. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful to be on the, the journey and path with you and, yeah, thank you. um, it's, it's really special. And I can't wait to meet all the, everybody who's listening. Like, yeah, yeah. We're all going to bring this forward. We are bringing it forward. We are. Yeah. Yeah. It is in motion. Yeah. We've got momentum, baby. We got it. Sure do. Um, all right. So New York enjoy. And, uh, I cannot wait to see what happens between now and February 2nd, 3rd, whatever it starts. But, um, I, I will cross my fingers that we'll get into that wellness room at ISSE. And, uh, if there's any possibility that you're next to me, that would be an absolutely amazing thing to happen. Totally. I love it. Let's hold that vision. Mm-hmm. If not this year, next. Totally. All Have right. a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you again. Thanks so much, India. Bye. Bye. Again, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation with Nicole. If you would like to find her, as she said on the gram, she is truth underscore beauty underscore and underscore goodness. And that is truthbeautyandgoodness.net. Um, If you have any questions about Nicole or if you have any questions for me about burnout and the beauty expert, please don't hesitate to contact me at India at IndiaDunn.com. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.